Hazard Audio. Recorded live at the Launchpad Studios in Chicago, Sports Appeal. This is gonna be a home run! I just know it! Because I can see into the future! With your hosts, Steve Gross and Matt Axelrod. Play ball. Welcome to Sports Appeal. With you, as always, my name is Steve Gross. I'm your regular host. This week, we have Brian Hannon joining us instead of Matt Axelrod. Brian, say hello to the people. What's up? Thanks for having me. You can find us every week right here on podbean.com. Just search for Hazard Audio on there, and you'll find us. You can also get us on the Rivet News Radio app or Stitcher Radio app. Those are both available on the iTunes App Store or Google Play. We'd love for you guys to tweet at us, uh, follow us on Twitter at the Sports Appeal, or send us an email, sportsappealshow at gmail.com. We've got new music just started last week by a band called Full Service. They're our new studio band. You can find all their music on Spotify or iTunes. And as always, we're produced by Johnny Five and powered by Hazard Audio. On this week's show, we're going to talk about NFL free agency, specifically the wide receiver free agent class. We're going to do our regular sports madness segment. But we're going to start with the NBA first. We had a crazy trade deadline. Yep. There were like 30 trades on Thursday, most of them within the first, you know, the last five minutes of the trade. They were just flying in. We are having a hard time keeping up with it ourselves. Yeah. What do you think was the biggest trade, Brian? I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but the biggest one to me is Goran Dragic going over to the Heat. They gave up a couple first-rounders and Danny Granger. Really weird trade, especially with losing Chris Bosh. But they tried to replace their point guard before they knew he was going to be out for the season. They brought in a, a proven guy that has an expiring contract. And I think it would have made him contenders. But without Chris Bosh, I think it's out the window now. It's a shame to hear about Chris Bosh with his blood clots in his lungs. You know, they gave up. They were going for it. They gave up two first-round picks. They got rid of Norris Cole, which, fine. No, no big deal <laughs> yeah. there. Um, they picked up probably the best point guard who was available at the trade deadline in Goran Dragic. Agreed. You know, it's kind of a risk, as you and I were talking about earlier, to give up two first-round picks for a guy who's not signed beyond this year. But like we said, they were going for it this year, and I think they would have had a shot. There was a lot of talk about them being scary as an upset pick in the playoffs with Dragic now, but now they lost Bosch. Yeah, I don't even think they're a contender. They're, they're a contender for the eight seed, but if they get in by chance, they're not making any noise in the playoffs. Right, and Phoenix was just having a field day with the point guards <laughs> on, on Thursday. They traded Dragic, they traded Tyler Ennis, they traded Isaiah Thomas, they got back Kendall Marshall and Brandon Knight. So I don't, they were just they had like five point guards on the roster. I think they traded away three, got two back. Do you think they upgraded from Dragic to Brandon Knight? I'm not sure they did. I don't think they upgraded at all. They brought in players of similar caliber. They just they think they're playing fantasy basketball and they're just trading pieces to try and upgrade. But substantial upgrades, I don't think they did much to improve their team. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, trading Dragic for Brandon Knight, I think Dragic is probably a little bit better. They did get some first-round picks with that, so I guess that's where they're going. And their GM basically said they want to build around Eric Bledsoe and Markeith Morris, which I'm not, I'm not sure that's the best strategy <laughs> good, in the world. Good luck with that if that's your game plan going forward. But they did get younger and they got those draft picks. So. The other big trade that we wanted to talk about was uh, Oklahoma City. They kind of cleaned up a little bit. They traded Reggie Jackson and Kendrick Perkins and a first-round pick in the future. I'm not even sure. I don't think they even said what, which year. No, they didn't. But they got Enos Cantor back, Steve Novak, DJ Augustine, and Kyle Singler. Now, Cantor is the real piece that they were looking for. There was talk about them trading for Brooke Lopez, but they ended up with Cantor, which I think is fine. He's younger, he's cheaper, and then I think Kyle Singler is a really underrated part of this trade. I think he's really going to help them when they need a big shot. Um, yep. he's, he's tall, he's a good shooter. I think he's a good player for them to get. Another guy I liked a lot in that trade that they got was DJ Augustine. He proved it when he was in Chicago as a backup point guard. He can come off off the bench and give you some solid minutes, some points, some scoring. 
the interesting part for me is whether OKC can gel together. They bring in so many new players this season. Yeah. You think they have enough to gel before the postseason starts? Yeah, that's very true. Um, and, I mean, getting rid of Reggie Jackson makes a lot of sense because he wasn't very comfortable there. He wanted out. They just brought in Deion Waiters, who's going to take a lot of Reggie Jackson's minutes. Yeah. So, you know, he was really happy to get traded. And they brought in DJ Augustine, who, like you said, is he's a good backup point guard. I don't think he's a good starting point guard, but he's a good backup point guard. And when the ball's in his hands, good things happen. Yep, and when you pair him with Durant, I mean, you got a chance when you have Durant on the court. So We talked about what Phoenix did at point guard a little bit. Part of their trade getting Brandon Knight was sending Michael Carter-Williams to Milwaukee. I can't wait to see what happens here because I think Carter-Williams has all the potential in the world. He's not a great shooter, kind of an understatement. <laughs> He's awful. <laughs> He's kind of a He's bad awful. shooter, yeah. But having him coached by Jason Kidd, one of the greatest point guards that's ever played, probably in the top 10 at least, yeah. I think it's going to be great to see what happens with him. I want to see him grow as, as a passer and as a, a dribbler. See, the other thing that gives me pause here, I'm going to go against you. I don't think, I don't know about Michael Carter-Williams. If the Suns are so willing to trade a young guy like that, I mean, they obviously saw something that they didn't see. He didn't, they didn't see him as a big piece in the future of their team. And they just drafted him. He was getting triple doubles all over the place, and all of a sudden he's gone. That's a red flag for me. I don't know about that. I mean, at the same time, Philadelphia, they got a really nice draft pick in that trade, and they've been stockpiling draft picks. I heard a stat, I can't remember what it was, but they have a ton of, of draft picks in this draft. They're pulling to Boston. I think they have like 11 picks in two rounds, something like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the draft with them. They have a ton of young guys. They have Nerlens Noel still. They have a ton of uh, young guys right now. They have Nerlens Noel who we'll we'll see what happens with him still. So it'll be really interesting to see what that team looks like in two to three years. With a young coach, yeah, we'll see what they do. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Give them some time. Right. Uh, And then let's just talk real quickly about the Nuggets sending Aaron Aflalo to Portland. I think this is a great trade for Portland. Aflalo... Absolutely is a quality player, and I think he might be a piece that they need to make it through the Western Conference. No doubt. I think there's still a lot of questions out about Portland. They've proven they can win in the regular season, but can they go the distance in the West? Aaron Aflalo definitely helps with that, gives him some shooting off the bench. He's a great get for the Blazers. Absolutely, and he can play shooting guard, he can play small forward. So if they want to go big or go small, they can have him on the court in a lot of different situations, which I think is huge for them. And he's also a good defender, which they need. They need some more good defenders Absolutely. on the team. And they didn't give up that much. They gave up a, a first-round pick, which, I mean, it's a big deal, but they're going for it. They have the players now. They're not building for the future. So Yep, and Denver is another team just like Philly, just stockpiling draft picks. So we'll see what they do in the next couple of years Young as assets, well. yep. Absolutely. So let's talk about some college hoops. We had our Sports Appeal Game of the Week this week. It was North Carolina and Duke. And, man, that was a classic. That might be the college basketball game of the year so far. I thought North Carolina choked huge, but, I mean, what do you expect in North Carolina-Duke basketball game? Yeah, they went to overtime, which, I mean, it seems like they do every time. You know, It always comes down to the last few minutes. They play one more time this year, so I can't wait to see that. But, yeah, the first half was Duke was just running away with it, or it seemed like they were running away yeah. with it, and they were only up by six or seven at halftime for some reason. It seemed like they should be up by 12. And then in the second half, Carolina just came storming back. They started kind of pushing Okafor towards the perimeter more. Finally got Meeks some help down low on defense. It really worked. And then in overtime, it was just back to one-on-one. Okafor was just abusing Meeks down there. Yeah, we were talking about how they seemed like they weren't feeding Okafor at all for that stretch of time where North Carolina took over. And that's probably credit to North Carolina's defense to keep taking them out of the game, push them to the perimeter, like you said. But you got to feed the big man. That guy's he's shooting something like 67% on the year. Give him the ball. <laughs> He's a beast. He's just such a, a treat to watch. He had that one power move in overtime where he went around Meeks and went, oh, my uh, God. The and one? Yeah. yeah. I stood up. I was applauding in my, <laughs> yeah. in my living room watching that. It was, it was amazing. Do you think Duke is a contender for the national championship? They're in the mix every year. They've had, been really disappointing in the tournament the last few years. What do you think? I think they are. I think real, in reality right now in, in college basketball, it's Kentucky and everybody else. Yeah. The NBA team that's undefeated with two top ten teams on the same team. 
and then you got the rest of the league. So when you look at Duke, they're, whenever you got Coach K, that experience, that tradition, and they have some big-time players in Okafor, they definitely can make a run at the title. I'm not sure anybody else should really be talked about as favorites besides Kentucky, but there's four or five contenders, and I'd throw Duke as one of those. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Kentucky is head and shoulders above everybody else right now. They absolutely destroyed Auburn last night. The game <laughs> was not pretty. No. But, you know, there are a few other contenders, like you said. I think Duke is one of them. Arizona looks really good. I really like their backcourt. Wisconsin with Kaminsky, that kid, he's really good. He's really underrated. Absolutely. He's not that much fun to watch because he's kind of just, like, fundamental and really, like, vanilla, but he gets it done. He's really good. Yeah. I don't really know what to expect from this Virginia team either. They have a great record. They're pulling off a lot of good wins. I'm not sure I buy in, though. I don't know why. I don't buy in. And I know you don't buy in either to Villanova, but I'm a, no. big, I'm a big East guy, and I think Villanova has a chance to make a run. They probably have a chance. The small schools have been doing pretty well in the tournament lately. I don't buy it. I guess I haven't really watched them enough to, to make an informed decision on that. But You're um, an anti-Big East guy. That's why. <laughs> I don't know if I'm an anti-Big East guy, but, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't buy it. Back to Duke, what we're going to talk about with them is the fact that they are a contender, like you said. But they've been in a lot of close games, and it kind of worries me. They're kind of hot and cold. You know, they play really well, but then they turn right around and have a crappy half like they did against North Carolina, where they just it just looks like they can't get anything right. And they've been in a lot of close games against lesser teams this year. Yeah, I've, I've watched some games and questioned whether they're actually a contender as well. I think they're good enough to compete, but we'll see if they have enough to make a deep run in the playoffs. They could easily be out in the first or second round, one of those Duke upset years. They they've had in the past. Absolutely could. So we're going to go to the Tweet Zone now. We're going to read some tweets from you guys this week. Tweet Zone. Hit the tweets. At T. Reed underscore OKC saying to us, I like Canner, 22 years old, half the salary is Lopez, hardworking, and reminds me of Adams. Guys, what do you think? They're going to do it. So this is about the Oklahoma City trade where they got Enos Canner instead of Brooke Lopez. At T. Reed underscore OKC, I'm assuming he's a big Oklahoma City fan. Sounds like it. So obviously he's going to back whatever the team does. I guess I kind of agree, kind of disagree with him. Canner at 22 years old and half the salary of Lopez. You know, that's that's the plus side to it. I do think Lopez is a much better player. He has a much bigger impact down low than Cantor does, but Cantor has a ton of potential. T. Reed seems to think that Cantor really reminds him of Steven Adams who... Does that get you excited? The fun, they already have Steven Adams. Why do they want another Steven Adams? I don't understand. I know he's out with an injury right now, and they needed a, another center because they have Nick Collison and Mitch McGarry as their two centers right now that Steven Adams is out. So they needed another center, but I just I think I'd rather have Brooke Lopez than another Steven Adams. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. We were talking about this before, and, and when the rumors were out there that they were going to get Brooke Lopez... I was pretty intrigued. I thought that was going to be a huge move for them. And that canter move, it kind of, it's a shrug your shoulder move. They needed size, they needed replacement, but I don't know how much that does for him. I don't know what he brings to the table besides a young, cost-controlled player to bring him size inside. All right, moving on to our next tweet. All right, this one's coming from at Darnell Bright 4, saying, Any idea where Goran Dragic will end up in free agency? It's extremely early for that. I haven't heard any talk about where he would be after the season especially with the trade that just happened. If I'm a Heat fan, I'm hoping they're talking about extending him because they brought him in, obviously, going for it. They gave up two first-round picks. So the Heat's got to be the favorites early on, but I bet he's going to test the market and see what he's worth. Yeah, he's definitely going to test the market. Why wouldn't you? Right. Uh, you know, he was the, the hottest commodity at the trade deadline, so obviously when free agency rolls around, people are going to want him. But I think that Miami's the favorite as well. He listed them as one of his preferred teams before he got traded. He listed Miami, New York, and uh, the Lakers. Miami's by far the best of those three yeah, teams yeah, right now. no doubt. So I think he's going to end up staying in Miami, especially if it turns out Chris Bosh can come back. I think they've got a nice team going forward with him. Yeah, absolutely. Their own version of the big three with Dragic, Wade, and Bosh. 
They could definitely compete in the East with that. We had a good time tweeting with you guys this week. Remember to follow us at The Sports Appeal. We're going to do another game of the week this week. We're going to do NBA. It's going to be Golden State at Cleveland on Thursday night. The game's at 8 o'clock on TNT. I can't wait to watch this game. It's going to be 145 to 140. <laughs> no defense. It's an NBA All-Star game all over again with the Splash Brothers and the Cavs getting hot now with Kevin Love playing well and they're starting to find their rhythm. So it'll be an interesting game. Yeah, great point guard matchup with Kyrie Irving against Steph Curry. They're two very different point guards, but they're both really good at scoring point guards and they're both having better years with assist numbers this year too. And both title contenders. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's about all the time we have for that segment. This is Sports Appeal. That's Steve over there. I'm Brian. We'll be right back. Hazard Audio. Hey, Johnny Five here, producer of Sports Appeal. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the show, you can email us at hazardradio.audio at gmail.com or call 516-770-7120. That's 516-770-7120. Let's get back to the show. Back to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve. He's Brian. You can find us every week right here on Podbean.com. Just search for Hazard Audio. Or you can find us on the Rivet News Radio app or Stitcher Radio app. Both of those available on the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Tweet at us, guys. Find us on Twitter at The Sports Appeal. Or send us an email at sportsappealshow at gmail.com. Brian, you ready to do some sports madness? Hell yeah, let's do it. Sports Madness. All right, our first Sports Madness story is about one of your favorite players, Brian Erlacher. He wrote a children's book called The Middle School Rules of Brian Erlacher. <laughs> you know, he's, he's one of my favorite players on the field. His off-the-field antics are something. Writing a children's book, <laughs> Brian Erlacher, one of the most feared middle linebackers in the history of the Bears, and he's writing a children's book. I'm having trouble wrapping my head around it. And we, we listened to a clip earlier. Actually, here's that clip right here. We sat down one night and yeah. probably two hours, and he came up with a book. So do you think this book is about a little boy named Brian who has a pet bear, and he raises <laughs> it and cares for it? And then once Brian gets a little bit older, the bear just kind of pushes Brian out the door and says, thanks, see you later. Taking a shot at the bear's treatment of Erlacher there? No, maybe a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me if the book was about that. Uh, moving on to our, our next Sports Madness story. This one's a little weird. This one got sent to us on our Facebook page by Doug. So there's an ex-college football player who apparently got arrested for stalking a billionaire. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. He's an ex-player at North Dakota State, and he got arrested for stalking billionaire David Geffen, who was one of the founders of DreamWorks, and he's been a big record mogul for a long time. Worth like $6 billion. This is a bizarre story. Ex-football player just got a restraining order for this billionaire. I don't know how this came about. I think they had a a short-term relationship or something, but one of the most bizarre stories I've read in sports in a while. He had a hard time letting go of the billionaire, and I I guess I would too. (laughs) Chase the money, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now we'll move on to talk about a little bit about the Seahawks. There's rumors out there right now that apparently Russell Wilson might be offered a fully guaranteed contract, which is unheard of. No matter if he gets cut or injured, he would get all that money. What do you think about that one? I think this is crazy. I think it's absolutely insane for the Seahawks to do. I, I don't understand why you would do this. It's not... He's not going anywhere. He's going to sign with the Seahawks again. There's no reason that you have to fully guarantee this thing. 
I guess the only reason they would do it, I guess, is like a vote of confidence in him or just feel their dedication to him. You think he's demanding this? Where does it even come about? I mean, I don't think he could be demanding it. I mean, it's never happened before. Right. He's, he's going to get $100 million. I don't understand what the fully guaranteed part, part of it's going to do for the Seahawks. I mean, for Russell Wilson, it's an awesome deal. Absolutely. I'll take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> exactly. I think it's an awful idea on the Seahawks. I mean, in football, you can never guarantee health. And when you're giving out a fully guaranteed contract, you're locked in. Yeah. So, if they're going to fully guarantee somebody, they should look at Marshawn Lynch, who's thinking about retiring. Right. They offered him a two-year deal. Why not give him the full guarantee on the two years to try to keep him on your team? Without him, they're not the same team. No, not at all. And Russell Wilson's not as effective without Marshawn Lynch either. No, you saw that in the, the last turnover of the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. When Marshawn Lynch got ignored for some reason. Give Who knows? The give the man the ball. Yeah. Yep. To continue with the NFL, let's, let's talk about this wide receiver class and free agency. Good Lord, there are some amazing wide receivers available in free agency right now. This is now. insane. It is insane. Des Bryant and Demarius Thomas, it looks like both of them are going to get franchised right now. But some of these other names, Randall Cobb, Jeremy Macklin, Torrey Smith, Michael Crabtree, Kenny Britt, those list is ridiculous. You can just keep going on and on. You got Reggie Wayne, you got Santana Moss deep down there. I mean, it's a bunch of good wide receivers that probably a lot will be changing teams. I'm sure a lot of them will because the franchise tag for wide receivers this year is going to add up costing around 12 to $13 million just for this year. And that's that's a pretty hefty price tag for a wide receiver. That's massive. To have that kind of investment, he better be a true number one and getting you 12 to 1,500 yards and 8 to 12 touchdowns. And there's only three guys on that list are capable of that, Des Bryant, Thomas, and Cobb. Right, and you might not think 12 to $13 million is a lot for a wide receiver at first glance, but to put into a little bit of perspective, the only guy who's due more money than that on base salary this year is Calvin Johnson. He's the only one. So, and I think he deserves that, huh? Oh, yeah, he absolutely <laughs> deserves it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But to think that the rest of these guys deserve Calvin Johnson money, like Jeremy Macklin is good. He's had a really good career, but he's not Calvin Johnson. He's also had one year where he's been the number one, and he proved it, but he's not worth that much money. Right. So I think, I don't know, I guess maybe for one year if you want to franchise somebody and pay him $12 bucks and try to get a long-term deal done in, in the interim, I think, I guess that's fine. But these guys aren't worth that kind of money. They yeah. just aren't. Other than the top three, who do you think you would? Who would you want for the Jets? You're a Jets guy. I am. The Jets have said that they want to go after Demarius Thomas if he doesn't get franchised. But he's getting franchised. He's going to get franchised, right? So somebody to play opposite Eric Decker. I guess we we'd need a true number one because Decker, he's great, but he ain't that. No, he's a good number two though. Yes, yes. I get. I agreed. I like Jeremy Macklin. He's had his issues with injury. I would probably go after Torrey Smith. He would probably be my first choice. He's, he's a burner. The one thing that Geno Smith does well is throw the long ball. He, can, he throws a nice long ball. So I wouldn't mind having Torrey Smith on the team opposite Eric Decker and then have Jeremy Curley as the third option, who I think is really underrated as a slot receiver. Absolutely. I'm a fan of Torrey Smith, too. I think uh, a guy under the radar that's not really talked about this list is Cecil Shorts I like a lot. Somebody's going to get a good steal on him. Yeah. I don't know where he's going to go, but he's a good player. Yeah, he's been hurt a lot, too. Right. But when he's in the game, he quietly has good season after yeah. good season in Jacksonville. That's, which is in t- ja- that's why it's quietly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's in Jacksonville. Exactly. They don't have a whole lot of bright spots, but he's been one, absolutely. Agreed. Well, let's talk about some other free agency positions. Julius Thomas. It sounds like the Broncos are going to franchise Demarius Thomas, which we talked about. Right. So that means Julius Thomas is going to be free to test free agency. He's probably not going to be back in Denver. No. And he, he's a monster. I don't think they can afford him. He's going to get paid somewhere, but he's top three tight end in the NFL. In my book, maybe I'd have him right behind Jimmy Graham in my list. So, I mean, any team in the NFL is going to want to have him on their team. He's going to get paid somewhere. Yeah, and there's some other great tight ends available too. Jordan Cameron from the Browns, who 
he kind of hinted recently that he wants out of Cleveland. Who doesn't? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't blame him at all. Yeah. Charles Clay of the Dolphins, who's been really under the radar, but he's been a really good tight end in the last two years. And Jermaine Gresham, who has his injury concerns, but the Bengals already have Tyler Eifert, so they don't really need him that much. Right, and with the development, I mean, everyone's using tight end, multiple tight end sets, so it's a, a huge piece in offense in the NFL these days. So these guys are going to be highly coveted, and um, I'm interested to see where they had where they end up. Absolutely. As far as running back, there's some really good running backs at the top two, and there's a quick drop-off. You have DeMarco Murray, C.J. Spiller, Ryan Matthews, and then you get into start getting into Mark Ingram, who, you know, he's been really inconsistent. Justin Forsett, who's starting to get a little bit old. He had a good year this year. Yeah, he had a run. He dropped off at the end also, though. Right, yeah. And then uh, Frank Gore. Oh, well, Frank Gore, I think, I, I, he might have something a little bit left. He kind of had a little bit of a down year this year, but I think when he gets let go by San Francisco, I think he's going to be angry. I think he he can play angry, but he's also hitting that, that running back hump. After 30 years old, he's starting to go downhill, starting to lose his legs a little bit, but... I like him as a solid. He should go to a team with a uh, established quarterback, wide receiver core that just needs some pounding. We'll see what happens in New England because both Shane Vereen and Steven Ridley are free agents this year. I mean, they have LeGarrette Blunt still. Are they going to hang on to him for a full season? I wouldn't want him on my roster. He, he has his good games, but I just he's too big of a risk for me. But Bill Belichick likes to have four or five running backs, and but I don't think he's going to be able to keep either of these guys. I think one of them is leaving to get paid, maybe both. But they, do, I'm not worried about the Patriots. They get a running back by committee every year somehow, <laughs> yeah. and they figure it out. So that's a great point. What do you think about the Browns trying to trade for Sam Bradford? I'm not <laughs> sure how to feel about this one. I, can you imagine Sam Bradford and uh, Johnny Football both in Cleveland? What do you do? I I don't know. I mean, do you play either injury? Yeah, all sorts of problems with that combination. I don't know what. Sam Bradford's an interesting piece. I mean, his upside is huge. Yeah, he's he's a good player when he's healthy. But like I said last week, I'm not sure he's had a full season since his sophomore year in college. What is he towards ACL three times now? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, and his, you know, he hurt his shoulder yeah. when he was at Oklahoma, and he's just he's been an injury nightmare. And the Browns don't need that. <laughs> they don't need any more problems. No, they have enough instability, especially a quarterback. They don't need to bring in a guy who's really uh, injury prone. So let's talk about real quickly about Major League Baseball. Your favorite topic here. This is this is a heartbreaking story for me as a Yankees fan. Alex Rodriguez issued a written apology. He said, "I'm sorry I took steroids. I'm sorry I lied. I'm sorry I sued your fucking team." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell? I don't understand what he's trying to achieve here. And his apology was in cursive, a written note. No press conference, nothing. He issued a cursive written note. I as only A-Rod could screw it up, he screwed it up again. I think he's probably thinking that makes it seem more sincere and from the heart. I'm, I'm surprised there weren't like some tear stains uh, <laughs> like smearing the ink on there. I don't know, man. He's not going to get the forgiveness, especially of Yankees fans. He has been terrible since you know the last, what, five years? He hasn't, yeah. he hasn't done anything good. He sued the team. <laughs> like He got caught taking steroids and then sued the team like, oh, it's their fault. This is ridiculous. The only way Yankees fans are going to forgive him is if he hits 50 home runs and wins us another World Series. Which isn't happening unless he takes steroids again. So. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it's not. It's just not going to happen. This whole thing is ridiculous. I don't feel bad for him at all. I kind of wanted to watch him suffer, kind of like the Tiger Woods in the camera. Just no chance to get everybody's trust back, but the written apology is funny. It just adds a new element to this saga. And I know as a Yankee fan, I bet you can't wait for this to be over. Cause... I can't, I can't. I think they should just cut him, pay the money that it's going to end up costing. He's, he's not worth it. He's a disaster right And now. Joe Girardi already said he's not going to get any at-bats until he earns it. I'm not sure he can earn it at this point. No, I don't know. I think he's done. 
Yeah. They'll give him one more shot this year, but I don't know how much he'll bring to the table. They might put him at DH a little bit. Yeah. Maybe have him play some right field. because <laughs> Third base is gone. Third base is gone. Chase Headley's a fine third yeah, base, yeah. but I'm happy with him. Absolutely. Yeah, they might put him in right field because the Yankees have three right fielders <laughs> right now. And how old did you say they were? Their combined age is 101. Oh, my goodness. For three, for three right fielders. That's a winning formula. And they had their best batting average in, out there last year was Carlos Beltran, who hit like 240. Oh, my. Yeah. So it's it's not not a great situation in right field, so maybe A-Rod could fill in a little bit there. We can hide him in the short porch in Yankee Stadium. All right, that's all the time we have this week. This has been Sports Appeal with Steve. I'm Brian. We're here every week on Podbean, hazardaudio.podbean.com, or Rivet News Radio app. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio app. Please tweet us. Continue to tweet us. We love interacting with you guys on social media at the Sports Appeal. Email us at sportsappealshow at gmail.com. Our music is provided by Full Service, a new studio band. All of their music can be found on Spotify or on iTunes. We are produced by Johnny Five and powered by Hazard Audio. Matt Axelrod will be back next week. This is Hi-Ho by Full Service. We're out. <laughs>